Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright with Vicar Leeper. And today we're going to discuss the gospel for this coming Sunday, which will be the fourth Sunday after Pentecost. And it is St. Matthew, the 10th chapter, verses 34 through 42, which state, Do not think that I have come to bring peace on the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple truly i say to you he will by no means lose his reward this is the gospel of our lord thanks be to god with this one of the things that comes up and the topic that i would like to kind of poke around with in the midst of this text is the idea of peace we have our Lord making this very bold statement that do not think I've come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Vicar Leeper, what are we talking about when we especially thinking about Jesus coming for salvation, coming for forgiveness, coming to make right what we have messed up or what is wrong? How is it that he is able to say, I haven't come to bring peace. I've come to bring the sword. Don't we have a nice Jesus and not a mean Jesus? Well, I think it's important to remember that Jesus is Jesus. And I know I, I don't mean to, to be funny here. What I mean is Jesus is the Son of God who has come into our midst. He's not always the image that we have of him. And oftentimes when we turn to Scripture and we read his words, sometimes Jesus will resist the quote-unquote Jesus we've built up in our minds. Uh, so sometimes we have the tendency to build up in our minds a Jesus that is just nice. Um, you, you see this a lot um, when people start talking about like, well, Jesus would never say anything bad about anyone, or Jesus would never, you know, condemn me for my sin. Uh, but oftentimes when you look at Jesus's words, you find that the opposite is true. The whole reason that Jesus was killed by the Pharisees and the Jews later was because he was preaching in a way that was extremely provocative. The preaching that he did brought conflict and strife and ultimately suffering and death. And I think that's not always what we have in mind when we think about Jesus, but that's an important, a huge part of his ministry here on earth. And you see this in the effect that it had in his followers. 
like his disciples. They were the 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 fates that all of them met with were extremely violent. And as unfortunate as that is, many of the early Christians were also dealing with uh, martyrs and persecution. The it talks here about man being set against father, daughter against mother, being against son and and daughter. Some of that actually happened in the early church as these Christians decided to follow Jesus, to follow his teachings and his way, and to trust in him, and saw their own families turn against them. And as, as a person who loves peace and hates conflict, this is a challenging verse for me because I kind of like the Jesus in my head that says, just make peace with everyone, you know, avoid all conflict, uh, make sure that you don't fight. And sometimes that'll even paralyze me. Sometimes I won't speak the truth or speak even the good news of the gospel because I'm afraid of how people might react to that. I'm afraid that I'll disrupt something or cause conflict. But what Jesus is talking about here is that uh, he comes not just to bring peace, but also the sword. He comes to bring challenge. And yes, even conflict and strife because the world that we live in is full of it and to challenge that to meet that will require losing life and that's ultimately what christ does for us well the the, the aspect of losing life uh, when our lord says that uh, whoever finds his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it uh, of course, we're talking about eternal implications. We're talking about forever. We're not talking about earthly things. And, and especially when we start talking about peace and sword, the peace that our Lord brings. After all, he sent his disciples and said, when you enter a house, uh, say, peace be with you. And if it returns, then stay there. If not, sh shake the dust off of your feet. Our Lord promises peace. But it's at a cost. And I, I think this is where it becomes really interesting. Because at what cost? Well, it's the cost of your life. And it's not that we're going to be Christians, which means that we're now going to be murdered, we're going to be martyred. But our life is no longer ours. And I really liked one of the things that you mentioned in the idea of, are we worshiping our Jesus? or the Jesus that is truly what scripture gives. And of course, we want the nice Jesus that approves all the things we're doing because he knows my heart. He knows what I really need and want and what I'm really trying to do. Well, in fact, Jesus does know my heart. He knows it so well that he goes to the cross to bring true peace, the peace of salvation, the peace of forgiveness, the, pre, the peace of true life only found in him. And again, this is a struggle because our natural inclination, our natural nature, uh, the corruptness is to make Jesus out to be our God in our image instead of the reverse. And this kind of really goes back to the baptismal aspect because we lost our life in our baptism to gain our life in Christ for his sake. And again, we're robed in Christ's righteousness. We're robed in his perfection, life, love, mercy, grace. 
to then live in that peace, which is in absolute conflict to the corruption of our nature, the corruption of the world, and as you were mentioning, the, the conflict of our relationships. Why is it that we all just don't get along? Well, because we're sinful and we will continue to struggle in that. And this goes to something we were talking about earlier, uh, the, the tension of we absolutely have peace here and now right, and not yet. And that is the struggle. And I really think that's the application of this text. How do we live in this peace that is not fully given, revealed, and happening now? Right. When I think one of the things that gets at that answer or gets at that question really is in John uh, in chapter 14 this is probably one of the most well-known verses about peace Jesus says peace I leave with you my peace I give to you not as the world gives do I give to you do not let your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid you heard me say to you I am going away and I will come to you if you loved me you would have rejoiced because I am going to the father for the father is greater than I We've heard, or at least I've heard, and hopefully you have heard as well, before that the peace that Jesus gives is not a peace of this world. And I think that's what's so challenging, but also what's so good about it. Because it's a peace that's founded in hope. When Jesus is talking about this peace, he's talking about how he will leave them, how he will go to be with his father to prepare a place for them. He's talking about how one day he will return, put all things right, gather all his sheep, all his people to him to live with him in eternity, to live with him in peace. And this is not a peace that ignores conflicts like we tend to do now. This is not a, a peace that is, you know, rife with conflict that's uh, right under the surface or people putting on you know pretend faces or even having to change yourself fully to get peace this is a peace that comes out of the suffering and death of christ that's hard earned but true it's the difference between having peace with someone because you agree to just let something go and having peace because things are truly forgiven and truly right you are right with that person you are right with God. That's the hope that we have. That's the peace that we hold on to now that we have the foretaste of, but that will come fully when Christ returns. It's, again, interesting in the aspect that um, giving peace not of the earth or not of this time, because we have the promise that we're going to have an end. The earth will end. Heaven will end. Mm -hmm. We have the promise of the new heaven, the new earth. And if we want peace here and now, that would be great, but that'd only be momentary right. and would not carry over. And so we see the bigness of the promise that Jesus is giving. Yes, you have it now, but that's going to cause conflict for the full peace that you'll have with everybody in forevermore. I think that's an absolute wondrous thing we should strive for on this side of earth, which means confronting our brothers and sisters in their sin, not because we're high and mighty, but because we are seeking forgiveness. We are seeking peace 
found in that forgiveness with one another. Right. And I think it may require us laying down our lives and following Christ. You know, Pastor mentioned earlier that that's something that we, that happened in our baptism. And it's something that happens every day. You know, one of our other readings in Romans talks about this, how we need to die to sin, how we need to die to our own sin, our own desire, our own pride, our own status. Um, but whoever loses his life for Christ's sake will find it, will have life, and will have peace and hope. That very life and peace is preached and proclaimed here at Holy Cross. This coming Sunday, Vicar Pearson will preach, and it will be his last Sunday in his last sermon. And we invite you to join us at 8 o'clock on Sunday, which is also live-streamed, and 9.45. God's peace and blessings be upon you.